Hey fam, welcome to the Abba Love Podcast. My name is Pastor Mike. We just want to thank you so much for tuning in and we're praying and hoping that everything that we have released so far have been helpful for you in your pursuit of following Jesus and becoming more and more of a person of love. We would like to also invite you to join us in this new season of our church community as we are actually getting into a new equipping center, a building. And if you'd like to be a part of that and the growing of the kingdom of God here in Chino Valley until the ends of the earth, we would like to invite you uh, to give. And you can visit oblovechurch.com slash give and you can give there and be a part of the growing of the movement of God right here in this place and wherever you are at home. So we pray that you continue to listen in and tune into the content that is being released. And may it be an encouragement to you as you pursue Jesus today. All right, everyone. We are so excited to jump back in in the Abelov Church podcast. Uh, my name is Christian. Of course, we're joined with Pastor Mike. Woo-woo. So um, thanks for tuning in. It's been an, a rich conversation. Yes, absolutely. I think this whole entire month, as we are journeying through the prayer practice by practicing the way, it has um, added a lot of vocabulary to many experiences or dimensions of prayer yes, that sir. we have experienced in our life. I think prayer is one of those things that are very hard for me. That's uh, true. Personality-wise, if you do not know me, I'm like a go-go-go, task-oriented person. Mm-hmm. So when you start talking about prayer, um, it's very counter-cultural to my personality right i don't know if that makes sense but like for me to sit and in silence and be with god it's difficult yeah it's extremely hard and so prayer many times becomes a challenge and and so today we're gonna explore a little bit more of of that Mm. as we go through so we we talk about the four dimensions of prayer yep Again, you never mature or graduate from prayer. Yeah. Because prayer is a lifetime journey with God. Yeah. I mentioned it in a message on Saturday that um, just like in the game of basketball, Mm -hmm. you started with learning how to dribble and Mm -hmm. learn the rule of the game. Right. But you never really leave it because you have to continue dribbling. Yeah. Whether you're Steph Curry or Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James. Right. Um, Whoever you are. Even if you're a star, you still need a dribble. Same thing with prayer. And so we learned the four-dimensional prayer. The first one is prayer is talking to God. Yep. And then prayer is also talking with God. Yep. It's a dialogue. And we learned that it's about listening to God. Right. Which is the big portion of it. Right. And uh, the last last piece is what we call being with God. Right. This is what we call a whole life orientation towards who God is. Love that. Until every single space of our life, as Paul teaches us, um, becomes an altar of prayer. Right. Because Paul says we need to pray without ceasing. Right. Now, how do you do that if, let's say, you're thinking, like, well, I'm not a monk. First of all, I have two toddlers. I am so busy. I jump from one appointment to another. Like, can we actually do that? And that's what contemplation, that word, really mm-hmm. means is to be able to reflect on God. Right. Okay, so we call this contemplative prayer. Right. In some traditions, more than other people, or like in a Protestant tradition like us, we call it quiet time. Right. Right. So quiet time, contemplative prayer. A lot of people have mistaken 
um, this silence because we are such a pro- uh, productivity uh, driven. culture, yeah. yeah, driven culture, and so we're always like, well, how do I know if it's working? Right. You know, like as I'm right. sitting down with God, okay, Pastor Christian, Pastor Mike, you're, t- yeah. you're telling me to sit and to just be silent. How do I know that, that I'm not just being in silence, that I'm actually praying and being with God? What's the difference, you think, between right. just being right. in silence and quiet and praying? Well, maybe it even starts with our ideology of prayer. I think when it comes down to prayer, I, I mentioned this before, every religion has some type of prayer. Yes. Right? So prayer oftentimes have been reduced to something common. Right. Uh, you know, like you see it in movies, you see it in different uh, uh, venues of life. You pray when you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You pray when uh, things are going wrong. When your you plane know, is, when about your to crash. is about to crash. Yeah. You know, then you pray, right? Uh, you know, there's even a saying that there is no atheist in a foxhole. Yeah, uh, you it's know, true. You are in an army base. We so all like, pray. You know, life and death situation, all of a sudden you want to pray. Yeah. But I feel like prayer has been reduced to the last measure or the last move mm. that you could possibly do it's the it, it's, it's essentially when you got nothing else the desperation the desperation moments, move right? and yeah. and then you pray so then prayer is only uh, only um, compared to the 911 it's the 911 it's only it's for true. emergencies when That's actually so the way god designed prayer was not just during the 911 moments mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that's why there's so many 911 moments of our life. It's maybe because God's trying to get your attention. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like prayer, uh, you know, oh, so basic. But I, I think basic is not shallow. Mm-hmm. Just because it's basic, it doesn't mean that it's shallow. Yeah. I think there's so much more to prayer than just the basic Christian activity or discipline. Right. Yes. And so that's what we've been talking about. Uh, this idea of praying to connecting. Yeah. Because, listen, a lot of people can talk, but not everyone can connect. That's true. Just like a lot of people can chant, but not everyone can pray. Yeah. And I think maybe a lot of things that we do is more chanting. Yeah. <laughs> than it is praying because the whole idea of chanting so is good. trying to petition to God something that you right. want. Right. But praying is literally connecting with God. And sometimes... Connecting with God doesn't have to be through words. Sometimes it's even. Well, I love that 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 the quote that you brought up with Mother Teresa this past Saturday. Yeah. You when you've been with somebody long enough, you can be in a room and communicate in silence. Right. And you're okay with mm-hmm. being in silence. Yeah, and that measures your intimacy with that Absolutely. person. Absolutely, absolutely, right? man. I agree with you. Yeah, I, that's my thought. I I remember a conversation with my therapist uh, a couple of weeks back and. Mm-hmm. He caught me off guard because mm-hmm. we were talking about my prayer life. And um, like uh, as a person, I, I shared earlier, I'm, I struggle with prayer. So I opened up with him. He's a Christian therapist, a wise yeah. old, older gentleman mm-hmm. who's been following Jesus longer than me, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, okay, Christian, you're a pastor. So I have to assume, okay, this is just me based on my experiences with other pastors that mm-hmm. I've counseled is that you don't really pray. Whoa! <laughs> and it caught me off guard because I, 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 I'm honest. I like the idea of prayer. Yeah. But I struggle to pray. Yeah. To really sit with God and myself, it's scary. Mm. There's many things that I'm thinking about. Number one is how do how does God think about me? Yeah. 
And not only that, when I sit in silence, stuff start coming up sure. from Absolutely. underneath the, the surface. And I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like dealing with these things. And uh, before you know it, I'm trying to distract myself out of that moment because, yeah, this is not for me. And so I just shared that comment and that experience to tell you, um, us, your pastors, we struggle to pray too. Mm. Um, it, uh, only you. I, I never. Right, so I'm yeah, you're you're really good it. though. You're, no, you're really good at it. No, that's not true. <laughs> but that, that's the reality. Like we're yeah, trying yeah. to normalize. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we share about like testimonies about how amazing prayer is. But okay, don't don't get it wrong. On the other side of it, there's also these dark moments and dark realities right. of prayer. Right. Right. Um, for example, today we're going to be talking about what happened when I pray and I mm. ask God. And there's just silence on the other side. Right. This is what we call unanswered prayers. Right. And we often never struggle with it because we're like, well, you just have faith and you trust God. And like, you just, you a little faith. Just, right, just right. have more faith. Right, right. The problem with that approach is that people often fall into disillusionment mm. and disappointment. Right. Or they've been painted a picture of prayer that is not realistic. Mm-hmm. And so when boredom hits, like another episode that we were talking about, they're like, what is this? I thought prayer is supposed to be exciting. Right. But the reality of it, and many times it's not the same way. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to be touching on those, these two experiences specifically Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. in, in the next minute. And which is unanswered prayers Mm -hmm. and what we call a season of life um, that is known as the dark night of the soul. Wow. Okay. Let's come back to that and okay. chat about it. When I'm thinking about prayer, I think about some friends and um, people in my life or even my own life experiences where we ask God to do something in our life but it doesn't happen. Right. And in those mysteries, it's easy to be burned out, angry, um, and to feel like, God, do you even hear my prayer? Right. And if you hear it, it's even worse because you heard it. Right, and you didn't do nothing. And you <laughs> yeah. you stayed silent. Yeah. And I just remember the cross, which is what happened to Jesus when he cried out to his father and there was just silence on the other end. So I just want to normalize this, that unanswered prayer is part of the mystery of the reality of prayer. Mm. When we talk about um, those experiences, it's right. it's painful. It is. I, I don't think I have an easy answer to anybody. Everyone, someone that asked me, hey, Pastor Christian, I prayed for my family member. I don't know why God didn't answer and he, he passed. Right. In right. those moments, you know what, like, what, what do you... What do you do with What that? do you say? Yeah. What do you do? What do you think about it? Yeah. And I think most of us as followers of Jesus, we never wrestle right. and even come to God with some of these questions. So we live in disappointment and that's why prayer becomes impossible for some right. of us. And, and for those who are listening to some of this, like you, you hear your friends share this, and sometimes our attitude immediately, don't worry, trust God. Like, right. 
the person is trying to trust God in that moment, <laughs> yeah. in that space, and sometimes it's not helpful. Right. You know, don't worry. God's going to come through. He's going to turn everything to work everything together for good. Yeah. And they know that. Yes. I, you know, a lot of the people that are going, they know all this, but they're wrestling with the situation where it feels like, yeah, I was promised victory, but I feel so defeated. Right. You know, I, I was promised uh, providence, but I feel so poor right now. You know, yeah. I was promised this, I was promised that, but I get, I see nothing. I see no evidence of it. And a lot of people struggle with it. And sometimes it's not helpful for us to, yeah. you know, to say, I get it. Sometimes we just want to remind them of the promise of God. Yeah. But maybe in that moment, this is like a learning too. I think there's something with prayer and connecting uh, yes. That is very significant. Yes. So when, you know, praying is not just when you come before God, but when you are ministering to one another, you got to know that you got to pray with your soul. You got to pray with your empathy. That's so good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That when you're listening to another body member, sometimes you just got to wrestle with them. Yeah. You just got to be there. It goes, I am so sorry. I don't know exactly how you, what you're feeling, what you're going through, but I'm just, I'm here. I'm standing with you, you know. Yeah. I'm wrestling with you. Um, I'm weeping with you, mm-hmm. you know. And and I feel like that's the best approach. And um, you know, I just think about uh, King David. Well, before he was king, he was a shepherd boy. Mm-hmm. And you know, did you know that uh, David was essentially anointed to be king, and he was not supposed to be, at mm-hmm. least in the people's mind. Yeah. He received this amazing promise. Right. And I, I, I can just imagine what he felt like the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah. After he was anointed by Samuel, I'd be like, yeah. you, yeah. I look at my big brother like, yeah, you heard. Right. <laughs> yes. I'm going to be king. I'm going to be your king one day. Right. You know, and, and my dad and you're the one that discounted me. You're the one that did not even bring me out of the field. You know, right. and, and, and I imagine how he felt. And then 15 years passed. Mm-hmm. Not... Not one year, yep. not two year, yep. not three year. Fifteen years have passed since that promise was given. Mm. Wow. He to the point where nobody even thought about it anymore. Yeah. Right? Or or Abraham and Sarah. Yeah. As absolutely. God spoke about having a son. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. years. Like I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, for us we jump chapters and right, we're like, right, oh, right, there, right, there right, is right, the story. Right. We fast forward, right. But if you are in the story Oh, it feels different, man. It's years yeah. of just, yeah. man, I think we misheard. Yeah, agree, know? agree. I wonder if that's how they feel, you know. And I, I don't doubt that they, because they're also human. They're just like us, yeah. you know. And, and I, that's why I love so much uh, the stories in the scripture is so open concerning that. Yeah. Because it's real. It is. It's real stories with real people, with real situations, with real struggles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the reason why it's recorded there is so that you can relate. So That's that right. you know that this is reality. Sometimes it feels like prayers are unanswered. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do in those spaces when it feels like prayers are unanswered? Yes. Or you see absolutely no evidence of the promise yes. that God gave you. Did, then you start asking the question, did I hear wrong? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just my feelings. Then you start to uh, absolutely discredit and discounted everything that was ever spoken to you as if God never spoke it to you. Yes. You know, so the question is, how do we discern then in that moment what is truly God's been saying? I need to hold on to it versus maybe, maybe that was just me. Yeah. 
What do you think about that? So first, we need to enter into a space that a lot of us in the church are not comfortable in. Yeah. It's the space of lament. Mm. It's to mourn. It's to mourn certain unanswered questions and wrestling and even being okay while you are sitting in it. Wow. You know, don't don't pass it over, don't gloss it, don't go, you know, yeah, no, God is good. Like that, it's not helpful for you or somebody right. else, right? right? And so that's why Jesus said, mourn with those who mourn and right. rejoice with those who rejoice. Right. And so that meant if it's a time of mourning, then sit there with somebody else. Fully mourn with them, yeah. Right. Lamenting means to sit with God and processing some of those things. Right. You could push back with God. God could take it. Right. God could take your emotion. God could take your anger. God could take your questions and doubts. This is the God that created you. Right. He knows you and He wants you to enter into that space. So when, uh, um, you know, we, we mentioned in another episode, prayer is a place not to be perfect, but a place to be real. Yeah. But if you stop being real, then prayer becomes impossible. Right. Because then now you're just pretending. Right. You're just pretending everything is okay. And I find myself in those situations many times, and I, 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 I had a hard time connecting yeah. with God. Because yeah. God wanted me in the rawest state yeah. where I am. Wow. So that's the first one. Now, again, there's no easy answer to this. To me, this is part of the mystery of prayer, mm. how God answers prayers. Um, he's a person. He's yeah. not a formula. There's no one, two, three right. passcode that you can put in. And God is gonna come through. He that that makes prayer uh, as real as it is. Is mm. it, 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 we're relating with the personal God, right? But maybe a framework to help understand mm. why is it that there are unanswered prayers and how we navigate through it. So we would like to equip you in that. Um, and Pete Gregg in our recommended readings, uh, God on mute. Um, In some of the conversation, he mentioned three things that could help us. The first one, we need to consider God's world. Mm. So God's world talks about how he created the universe. Mm. It comes with laws and orders. Think about um, everything um, is so orderly, right? And when we experience miracles or breakthroughs, Mm. many times, yeah, it's called miracles because it bends the natural orders, it doesn't happen all the time. Right. If it happens all the time, then it's not supernatural. It's right. just natural. Right. 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 And so miracles happen. And I, I don't want us to be uh, a community that is timid in asking and not persevering in faith. That's not what I'm saying at all. Ask. Actually, mm. ask boldly. But remember that this is also God's world. Mm. And in God's world, there's order. So, for example, if you are stuck in traffic... Trying to go to the airport, your plane is leaving in 15 minutes and you're stuck 30 minutes away at LAX. And you started praying and said, God, please just open this traffic of cars, delay that plane so I can make it on there. It's funny to think about that illustration, but what are we actually asking? We're asking God to bend time and space, bend other people's uh, schedule so that we can make it. Right. So sometimes Christians, when we ask, uh, you know, for all of these things, we forget that God has an orderly world. And a lot of times he works through that. Yeah. And sometimes he bends time and space to do what he wants to do. Right. Number two, we need to consider also God's will. Yeah. We're not the only one with the will. Right. Actually, the prayer that we've been learning is to align our will with his. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not submission by force. Right. This is understanding 
God's will and by participation entering into it with our own yep. will. Yep. So uh, in that way, we got to understand that God has a different perspective than us. Mm-hmm. And that was Job's story, right? Yep. Same question, unanswered prayer. Everything yep. was taken away from him and he had a lot of questions. And get yep. what? guess what God said to Job? He gave him a non-answer. <laughs> he basically worse. gave him a question and said, Job, do you know how the whole universe works? And I was like, when I read that, I was like, God. He answered he, his question with a question. He didn't ask for that. He asked for an answer. Why is <laughs> it right. happening to him? Right. But I think the whole point of that story is to show you that God has a will. Right. And that we are joining his story, not right. our own right. story right. only. Like, I wonder also, like you, you mentioned Job there. I wonder if, like, you know, as humans, we, we're all about our rights, especially as Americans, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I have every right to receive an answer from God. Exactly. If I ask you why, you better tell me why. You better explain yourself like this yes. is customer service line. <laughs> all right? You yes. better explain because I am not satisfied with the service. Because we're the center of the universe. Because we are the center of the universe. Yes. And God, I demand, God, the creator of the universe, yes. I demand an from you an explanation that satisfies my curiosity, mm-hmm. that satisfies right now to ease the pain in my soul. Yeah, you, you know when you think about it like that, that is so arrogant. Yes, and and the reason why I feel like God did not really answer his question, but answer his question with a question is almost like I don't have to answer that. Mm-hmm. And are you going to be okay with it if God says I don't want to answer that? Yeah, and I think we struggle with that. Like, what we do you mean you don't want to answer that? Yeah, but you should answer if you're a good yes God. Mm-hmm. So am I might. Am I not good if I don't answer your questions? Right. Does that change who I am? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if I don't uh, cater after you, if I don't bend my will to yours, yeah. I am not a good God? Right. Maybe we need to take an honest look at the hypocrisy that is being present in that moment. I get it. Sometimes we speak it out of pain. Yeah. Sometimes we speak it out of a place of desperation and disappointment. Yes. But sometimes we are missing the bigger picture. Exactly. So God's will. He has a will. Yeah. And not only God's will, there's also God's war. Mm. There's a war that is taking place. And not only God has a will, you have a will. There is darkness and that's the devil that has yep. a will. True. And so there's a clash of will. And that's why in the prayer that we learn in the Lord's Prayer, we have to pray, God, right. your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why do we have to participate in that? Because God is not behind many evil things that are going on in the world right. today. With the sickness and the injustices and the poverty and the curses that has been taken uh, place in our world, a lot of time people that do not understand this framework right away blame God before mm. they consider, wait a minute, other there are other powers that also have will that is at battle with God. Mm. that is trying to stop the kingdom of God to expand on earth. Mm. And so, I, you know, I, I, it's sad. it saddens me when I hear when there's a natural disaster that happens mm-hmm. and then people say, oh, yeah, you know, God cursed that place because that's what they deserve. Mm. Right? Mm. Something happened and then they're like, yeah, those people, they deserve that. Wow. 
how do we wow. how do we think about and when we think about God because this is the God we pray for we do not understand that even in the examples of the Bible whether it is Sodom and Gomorrah right or um, Nineveh yeah there's a lot of striving between the character of that story with God regarding that place right and it's not God just like I yeah no just kill everybody no right. he's saying I need to also stand up for the voices of the people who are the victims wow. and the unheard. This is a God of justice. Right. And this God of justice is still willing to strive and talk to wow. like, for example, Abraham and Lot. Right? Lot was there and Abraham was trying to make a point and he's saying, God, please, if there's just any like 50 people, good people in there, are you really going to destroy that place? Right. And God says, no, if you can find me 50 people, I'll, I'll, I'll spare them. Right. And then Abraham knew yeah. there's not even 50 people. Right. And it go wow. down. The number kept on dwindling down. And I don't understand this God yeah. because he strive with Abraham. Yeah, it's true. Until the end. And Abraham knew, well, you know, God is merciful. That's true. But he's also just. And so when we're thinking about that, when we're thinking the character of God, of, of something that happened in someone's life, don't be easily... Just jump into a conclusion and say, oh, yeah, God is punishing that person. God is doing this behind. You right. forgot that you are called by God to expand his kingdom here and his will. And that means there's a participation that he's inviting. And he says, what are you going to do about it? Right. Oh, man. That's why we pray. And we say, God, deliver us from the evil one. Yeah. Right? Right. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You are supposed to wage war with wow. some of these things. So that give me a, like a different perspective when I pray the Lord's Prayer and I get to that last part where it says deliver us from the evil yeah. one. It's not just like, God, please help us so that the devil doesn't get us. Right. But it's this. God, sickness is not your will. Yeah. Amen. I pray for healing over my body, over the body of right. my family members, over the world. God, racism is not your yeah, will. And so like there's a, I'm I'm gonna participate with God in this, right? Because there's a war that's happening. Right. So God's world, God's will, and God's, God's war. Yeah. Hopefully that framework help us to navigate. Okay, maybe this is in the mystery of unanswered prayer. Maybe this is where I find my personal situation. Right, in. right. Maybe right. I need to consider these things to navigate right. through that. Now, I I mean like I love that perspective it's just because it broadens your mind to see beyond you because i think yeah. we get caught up with seeing our situation feeling our pain right that That's true. we don't see anything else we don't see that actually it's not your world yeah it's not your will and neither is it necessarily your war as as hard as it sounds right right it's actually god's so then how do we transition how like how do we move past seeing ourselves? Yeah. You know, because I feel like we we do look at ourselves a lot. Mm -hmm. We do we become the center of our contemplation. Yes. You know, and I I love what you say about contemplation this past Saturday. I feel like it, it's like learning to focus your entire being. Yes. On something because whatever you focus on, you become more of. And that and that's what prayer is. Right. It, it's a way of being. Right. It, it, It's it's not a thing that we do. That, that yeah. that's a practice. Yeah. But prayer is actually ordering your life and moving, orienting it right towards God. The things of God. Yeah. Right. And so we we start with a contemplative prayer, or how how do we be in right. God's presence, 
but through three things. Number number one, the practice is to practice looking at God or yeah. paying yeah. attention to Him. Why do you think that's so important? Well, the the verse yeah. that we read in Second Corinthians three eighteen actually Paul said this. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate, that's the word, the Lord's glory are being transformed into Mm. His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So the word contemplate here is connected to our transformation. Mm. Okay, Contemplation and transformation is connected. Right. And there's that quote from that Singaporean author. Yeah. Yeah. Hui Hui Tan. He says, you are what your mind looks at. You are what you contemplate. Ooh. Right. And so she's right. And and what she's saying is that um, in the scripture, what it's saying is this, whatever that you think about the most or pay that's attention true. to the most, you will become to be like that. Yeah, that's true. So whether it is like newspaper headlines or social media. Yeah. Or you talk about the, the whole echo chamber. Yes. Uh, you know, especially when it comes into politics and stuff like that. And I, I remember we were talking about that, that you really become an angrier person when all you hear is anger and outrage and yes. all those things, you know. And, and I think that's true. Like, it, it, so it is with addiction, right? Yeah. If you surround yourself mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, the things that essentially gives you that quick, Yes. Uh, you know, hits. that quick hits, you know what I mean? Then you become lustful. You become yeah. a, a very um, addicted person, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that is very, very true. But if you also surround yourself with ultra-religious folks, uh, you become extra yeah. hypocritical too. Uh, you know, judging everyone else and div- very divisive. And it's because that's what you look at Yes. constantly. And that's why... I think what you mentioned about echo cha- uh, the echo chambers is so important because it's not just in politics, it's in everyday life. It's in life. Right? It's w- yeah. what are we surrounding ourselves with Yes, we become more of. And this is what we call the attention economy. This is the world that wow. we live in. Everyone is investing millions of dollars trying to put an idea in your mind right. by distracting you into that, trying to get that beachhead before anyone else to put an idea, whether it is right, right. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, or whatever it is. Right. And so where do we get transformed right. into God-likeness? Right. Actually, it's the time when we look at God, gazing on Him, contemplating, looking right. at Him, looking at us, being with him and yep. that's that space right well uh when we come back we're going to talk about more practical things what are some challenges why do people struggle with the whole idea of contemplative prayer looking at god and uh you know we're gonna jump right back into it Contemplative prayer is a gift, but I feel like, to be honest with you, when I think about yeah. contemplative prayer, maybe that's set aside for monks who live in a mountain yeah. that has nothing but nature. They have no social media. They're right. not checking out YouTube. They're not on their Instas, you know, posting right by the flowers. You know what I mean? Like, check yeah. out the new garden that I planted today. Like, right. they're, they're not, they're, they're, it feels like 
it helps when you have none of those things, yeah. right? But what if you do? What if, I mean, is contemplative prayer really for the 21st century? You yes. know what I mean? So in the time that we are living in, like with, with so busy, so hectic, so many different things, what do you feel like is the challenge to contemplative prayer? And uh, what would you say maybe some practical things and how we can move towards yeah. that? The so there's version. definitely a lot of challenges um, it's not easy. Right. Totally. It's not impossible to be uh, to be done, but right. it's not easy for sure. There right. are challenges. Yeah. But so the, the answer to your question is, uh, no, it's not impossible. <laughs> right. Right. It's not impossible. Actually, Henry Nouwen says this. He's uh, a Catholic uh, Christian author, and he says it's impossible to have a spiritual life if you don't spend at least an hour of your day in silence with God. Mm. Now that sounds like wait what nobody like has lot. nobody has an hour a day <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You, that's so crazy right. but if you think about it that statement is true yeah because our most deepest work that God does happens in introspection when yeah. we are in silence right, right right and actually in the modern world silence is golden just like right. the theaters tells you right, right but it's because we have lesser time to reflect. Mm. And uh, a lot of Christian authors argue that reflection is a place of transformation. Mm. And so contemplative prayer is actually a precious gift for you to experience a deeper work by God. Things Mm. that you're not even aware He is doing. Most of the stuff, we we sometimes try to, uh, you know, we we sometimes have words for what God is doing. So like if I come up to Mike and I ask, hey Mike, what has God been doing uh, in your life lately? You could tell me and be like, oh yeah, you know, God's been doing this, 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 this. But those are the only th- those are only the things that you are aware of, and right. you have experienced revelation right. to put words to right. those experiences. Right. The thing is, the Bible says that every day we are being transformed into Christ likeness. Mm. That means there are many things that God is doing, even when you're asleep, right. in your subconscious, the things that you are not realizing, even when you're just sitting with God in silence through contemplative prayer. Wow. And you're thinking, I just wasted ten minutes of my yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, God is doing a deep work, even when you have no words for it. Right. And I think that's so con- contextual to our time. Yeah. It's relatable because we don't know uh, how to sit still anymore. That's true. Ask any Gen Z and millennials that you know. Yeah. Uh, to, to sit and be silent is probably like torture. Right. Because we are so overexposed to all kind of stimulants. Like... For us to experience revival, to experience encounter, it has to be loud, huge. But actually, I find most deep work that God does in me it happens in silence yeah. and stillness right. and solitude. And that's the one that I lack the most. It's true. And so, there are three on top of our heads, you know, uh, enemies to contemplative prayer. Okay. First one is distraction. Of course. We talk about that, right? <laughs> Our mind is distracted. We can't focus on God. We can't look at Him. We can't stay still. We can't feel like we're living in our own body. Because yeah. we're distracted all the time. Right. And how are we going to pray? I mean, doesn't that make you like... It, does it mean that you're terrible at praying? No, no. No. <laughs> Actually, I, I feel like some people actually think that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like they, they, they tried it at this, and they're like, you know? "Man, like we, I'll never do it." Yeah. Actually, distraction is 
a normal thing. Right. And actually, that means yeah, you're just human. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're just human. And uh, Thomas Keating, in in uh, in his book Open Mind, he yeah. had a quote, and it says this: "If your mind gets distracted a mm. thousand times in ten minutes of prayer, sounds like my kind of prayer. Right, 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 right. That's a thousand chances to come back to God. Right. So right. the the key to distraction, or to winning over distraction, is this: just let it pass by." And bring your mind back to God. Mm. I know some of you are like, "Oh man, that, that that there goes my ten minutes." Right. But that's really where it started. It's true because, like, your your mind, like, let's say, like, even even talking right now, like, my mind can go, "Oh, I'm hungry. I wonder why I'm gonna eat for lunch. Maybe I could just cook Indomie. Oh, maybe I could just, do <laughs> you know, like, yeah. your mind already jumps. So how do you how do you learn to still your mind yeah. from the distraction itself? So I'll share what I what yeah. I do. I I practice like what we call a breathing prayer, mm-hmm. uh, breath prayer. Uh, it's is really a simple way to utilize your body to pray, right? And so uh, this is this is less Eastern religion, more right, right. Uh, contemplative prayer tradition. It's right. a very Christian thing, actually. Right. right? And, and so as you breathe, you are paying attention to your breathing. Scientifically, we know it's bringing more oxygen into, into your brain. Into your brain, right. but at the same time, you're still uh, you're in stillness. You kind of start relaxing and and realizing, oh man, like I am actually right, really right. tired or whatever it is. But in that moment, I usually use an anchor prayer. So we we learn like s- some um, passages, like I meditate on Psalm twenty three, for example, the Lord right. is my shepherd. Sometimes it could be as simple as calling his name. So mm-hmm. you could just say Jesus under your breath. Or um, be still and know that I am God. That's my favorite one. Um, here I am, Jesus. Yeah. Whatever that you need to bring your mind back. So mm-hmm. every time you get distracted, mm-hmm. you come back to that moment and say, God, I just want to be here with you. Right. I think for me, it's like, you know, when I get distracted, here's what happens. I feel like these are all paths, right? Thoughts are like paths in mm. my brain. And the moment I follow the rabbit trail, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. when I get lost. Right. You know, I think the key like I've I've noticed and your dad has talked about this before, it's called the discipline of shifting. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? It's just shifting back right. to God and and your dad has always mentioned, you know, actually every distraction is an opportunity to worship. Mhm. I was like, I was thinking about that. Every distraction is an opportunity to worship. He goes, yeah, think about it. He goes, if you turn every distraction that you've ever faced in your life yes. into worship opportunities, you will be so intimate with Jesus. Yeah. Because <laughs> how many distractions? So right, much. right, right. He says, don't give it a second thought. And I thought that was a, mm. such a great tip. That's good. You know, don't give it a second thought. Instead, uh, shift it back. Don't follow... Uh, the rabbit down its hole yes. because you will end up in Wonderland, Alice. And right. so, and so maybe uh, you know. And before you know it, you'll lose your head. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I feel like that's what happens. Yeah. And and maybe that's something that we need to think about um, as we're going through this. W- yeah. What about what about the second thing that you said? The you second challenge three? will be a hurry. Okay. And so we're always in a hurry. We're always jumping from True. one thing to another. Right. Right. And our culture is like such a uh, productivity driven, like we need to produce something. Don't waste your time. But I love this quote by Henry Nouwen. He said that prayer is wasting time on God. 
wait, 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 wait. Wasting time on God? Right. It doesn't mean that it's a waste of time. Right. But he's saying, compared to our culture, prayers sounds like you're just wasting time. Mm. But that's exactly what it is. To be with God mm. is for you to be sitting still, to say, God, I just want to pour my attention, my devotion, all of me to you at this mm. moment. I want to enjoy this moment. This is me being with you. And so, um, hurry is, Dallas Willard always say, you have to ruthlessly eliminate hurry mm. because hurry and distraction are the biggest uh, enemy to your spiritual life. Mm. Not ISIS, not terrorism, <laughs> not, I don't know. Not you, Netflix? Not Netflix. I mean, Netflix, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, uh, it, it distracts you. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, those are those are the things that we need to look out for and kind of go, okay, so I want to be here right now with God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. I, I mean, I think about uh, that one time when essentially uh, Mary broke the expensive perfume yes. on Jesus' feet. Right? I, I think about that was uh, the, the, the word that the disciples used was that was such a waste. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? That was such a yes. waste. Like, why would you waste it on Jesus' feet? And then Jesus rebuked the disciples. Why do you think Jesus rebuked the disciples in that moment? Yeah, and, and he's, he's all about the poor. Right. Right. But right. he says, you'll always have the poor. Even when we talk about social justice and right. the, the kind of ministries that we're doing in right. the world with right. the kingdom of God, he says, look, he is, she is doing this for me. And that seems to be like above and beyond everything else. When we be with God... When we sit with him, when we waste on him. Wow. That's a different right. way to look at waste. It's the priority. Right. According right, right. to Jesus. This is the priority of following him is to right. be with him. Right. And we often miss it. Right. As pastors, as leaders, as followers, followers of, of Jesus, Jesus. Yes, true. We put everything else. Right. We hurry into right. other things where we forget that this is our main ministry is right. to waste on Jesus. Right. So to waste on Jesus is not a waste. No. That's not the point because you're going to waste anyway. Meaning was your time is going to leak out of you whether you spend it on Jesus or not. Right. But it is better to always spend mm -hmm. it or waste and, it on And that's Jesus. your identity. Right. You know, and that's why we get caught up in other things. Our right. identity get caught up in what we do, our ministry, our work, our family, whatever. Right. And we lost ourselves. Right, right. And we're like, wait a minute. Interesting. I never sat with Jesus right. to let him love on me, right. to let him tell me who I right. am. So this is the kind of prayer practice that we're talking about. Now, mm. the last one, the biggest challenge is what we call fear. Mm. Now, why fear? It's because it's scary when you start sitting down with God. When you start realizing, wait a minute, he wants to work on some things, some areas of my life, and I do not like how it feels, mm. right? And it, it's it's like, ah, man, I I am not comfortable with this silence thing, with mm. this quiet thing. Like, I need to always have like, a, you know, a background sound, and you know, I feel lonely. Mm. I feel like I have no purpose. I feel lost. Mm. And maybe those are the things that you're supposed to experience because that's where you really are at with mm. God. Wow. And so fear, a lot of times, stop us from sitting with God and being with Him in, in silence uh, because we're afraid of what will come out, right. out of us. Right. 
I think that's so fascinating, man, because I just think about, uh, you know, one of the most common things that whenever God speaks to his people, uh, he would send an angel or something like that. And the first thing the angel would tell his people is, do, do not, not fear. fear. Yeah. Because I think that's our go-to emotion. You yes. Know, that's our go-to, like, the uh, our knee-jerk reaction yeah. uh, of our soul, if you will, is fear. Yeah. You know, because, and I, one time you said this and it was stuck with me. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you quoted, I think, somebody that says, uh, fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I thought that was just a powerful statement. You know, fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. And I think there are, there is many times where we're operating uh, with a mindset of a different kingdom and we don't even realize it. Yeah. And that's why the whole idea of learning to be still. Mm-hmm. To know that he is God right. is, you know, and then in that moment when we acknowledge that he is God, the presence of perfect love yes, casts out all fear. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I can remember times, man, when I am terrified of situations, how my, you know, whether it is financially, I can think of times during our business where it feels like, oh man, are we going to make it? Yeah. Uh, you know, or even in the ministry, man, I don't think I can do this anymore. And whenever I spend time at the foot of Jesus, mm. and all, and it's funny, like there's no solution. There is no, yeah. I, and that's what I'm expecting sometimes yeah. in prayer. No revelation. Like, there's no revelation. There's yeah. no Mufasa moment. But instead, just like Mufasa, he goes, remember who you are. <laughs> Yeah. Remember me. Yeah. He says. Because when you remember, when you forget me, you forget who you are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, there, there are many times when we forget who God is, we forget who we are, that we are a child of God. And in this moment, we have a good, good Father who is at work, whether we see it, whether we yeah. feel it, whether we like it or not like it, whether we prefer it, not prefer it. It doesn't change the fact that He is working all things together for good that's good man and i think that's something that we really uh, need to shift back on Uh, this last portion i want to talk about a personal experience of mine that i feel like often in the church we don't talk about which is the reality of what we call the dark night of the soul Mm -hmm. the dark night of the soul you're not talking about batman no no not batman we're we're talking about an experience that every believer will go through right Uh uh-huh um uh that that sounds like this or it feels like this like we feel that god's felt presence uh, is not felt in our life Mm. what what was so dynamic honeymoon stage with god first experiences with no more honey right suddenly it feels like suddenly and you might you know okay there could be like god is talking about a sin uh, he wants to set you free from a particular uh, thing that you, there's your part to it. But this is something else. This is not relating to a particular correction that God is giving you or anything like that. But for a particular season, suddenly you felt that I can't feel God. Mm. And it happens um, and we get confused. Right. And a lot of people answer to it is what? Well, you don't have enough faith. Right, right, or right. right. Like you gotta you right. gotta seek him more. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But I wanna normalize this uh, because it's a reality for many people, uh, maybe even you who are listening and many of us in our community. I I honestly went through it the, the couple uh past couple of years. Right. Where I would wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. I would sit with God, 
mm-hmm. but I didn't feel it. I there's no emotion, there's no nothing, there's no felt like God was speaking to me. Mm. It's just silence, mm. and and it frustrated me so much because I said, God, what is it? What mm. what is it me? You know, right? And learning about it a little bit more, I realized that that is how God does the deeper work in our life. It's because a lot of times we associate the feeling of God with God. Wow. We mistaken His presence or the things that He give for His nature and His character. Mm. And so the way God win us yeah. is by taking His felt presence and just kind of withdrawing Wow. so that He can do a major deeper work inside of us mm. and also to train us to go, hey, don't trust your feeling. Mm. Trust me. Mm. Right? And it's it, it's it's not nice. Right. And I asked my, you know, my mentor, spiritual director, my therapist, and I just asked him, like, hey, look, how, what do I do? Right. What do you do when you are going through a dark night? You know what they say? Mm. You can't do anything. Ooh. <laughs> you just let it happen to you. That's hard. Because God is trying to mold and work in you. Mm. And so there's this term of what we call active spirituality and passive spirituality. Right. Active spirituality is like the practices that we've been kind of talking right, about, right, right, right? Like it's the things that are like, okay, now you build a rule of life. You talk about prayer rhythm. You talk about all these things. And pre- active spirituality is really powerful. And first half of your life when we you start following Jesus, that's what you're trying to build. Then it comes the second part of your life when God wants to mature you. Many times, He invites you into this dark night where He works through a, what we call a passive spirituality. Right. In passive spirituality, guess what? You don't choose anything Ooh. that God wants to do in your life. It's like having two toddlers. That's Ooh. passive spirituality. Right? <laughs> you went through you went through a rough financial season and it right. seems like everything is just falling on you and you're like, God, what did I do to deserve right. this? You forgot that your father is still good. Yeah. He's not trying to punish you, but he is trying to train you. Right. And this is the perspective that I really caught right. was that the dark night is the most forming place wow. in our apprenticeship to Jesus. Not the most pleasant place. Not the most but pleasant it is the most place. Forming place. We are so ashamed of it in our church it's culture. True. So we we don't talk about it. We kind of right. just like, oh yeah, maybe he's not as on fire with God, and that's why he's like that. But at at a at a particular place and time, there's always some people in the community that are going through it. Right. There are not feeling it. Right. But God is inviting you actually into a deeper journey. And so just I just wow. want to share with you, that's my personal journey been. I'm still kinda in it, like where I feel like, okay, this I know the feeling's just not it's mm. not like what it was. Right, right. Um but I, I'm just believing that there's something that he's doing in my life. Right. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I think I'm thinking immediately in my head, like, so let it happen. So what do I do? As I let it happen. What does that mean to let it happen? And and I think this is why we're talking about prayer. Prayer is that space mm-hmm. of letting God happen. Yes. 
you know, letting the whole process hit you the way it needs to hit you. Let it come over you and wash over you the yes. way it needs to wash over you. It is developing that daily prayer rhythm. Uh, and that's the part of our submission to God also yes. in the process. And, and, and choosing joy. Yeah. Choosing the joy, light. Yeah. Joy is a sign of a, a maturity in, in the life of a saint. Right. It's when you could be joyful and you could be surrendering to even the situation that is taking place in, in yeah. front of you. And you're not affected. You are not attached to whatever that is going on. And you say, man, I, I'm still going to choose joy right. in, in this situation. And I think that's a powerful place to be in. And if you're there, I just want to say, hey, keep on going. Right. Jesus is with you. Right. And, you know, like just to encourage everyone to talking about the daily prayer rhythm right i mean like if you look at historically within even the early church the followers of jesus for thousands of years they've cultivated really a daily prayer rhythm yeah right i mean even the jewish tradition uh jesus himself would have gone at least three times to pray mm -hmm. every the single synagogue. day right in the synagogue and you see this in the book of psalms you see this in the book of daniel mm -hmm. you know like yes. they still keep the same rhythm of prayer and I think that is important because it, as much as troubles essentially the trials and the testings in life wash over you you need to do, allow the presence of God more so yes you know what I mean and like even when you don't feel quote unquote yes. his presence nice. knowing and, and knowing that his presence is still there regardless of what you feel it doesn't mean that you're feeling uh, is now dead to the mm -hmm. presence of God. No, but there, you're right. There are times when He would wean you, so that you you're not dependent on the feeling. Right. You're dependent on faith. And this is why a community, yeah, and even the prayers of other people, or what we call pre-written prayer, is yeah. actually powerful. Yeah, there are moments where I don't feel like I can pray. Right. Or I don't feel like I can have faith right. about a situation in my life. Right. And I need actually other people in my community to have I faith on me. And that's yeah. that's the that's the power of prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Or even a pre-written prayer where I'm like, man, I don't have words for this. And then I would read a prayer of a saint or someone, uh, a believer, follower of Jesus that has been following Jesus years, centuries ago, and it would just carry me along. Yeah. Or the Lord's prayer or the Psalm, as we've been right. talking about. Right. It just becomes a place where I I want to be carried when I can't even carry myself right, type of right, thing, right. you know. So it's it's super helpful. And, and and you know, I mean, not only the prayer of those things has passed, but even the prayer of those in our church community now. Yes. Um, you know, I feel like you're right. There's times when sometimes you just need somebody else to believe for you. Yes. Uh, and get it, and I get it. You need to join in that in faith also, yes. but sometimes you, you got nothing left. Right. And that's yeah. the beauty of the body ministry. Yes. Right? That essentially your victory is also other people's victory, but other people's victory is also your victory. Mm -hmm. You know, and your pain is other people's pain, but also other people's pain is also your pain. Yeah. So there is this connection that we are inseparable, not only from one another, but also from our head, who is Jesus himself. Yeah. And I feel so like, good. you know, like to be grounded in the presence of God sometimes is to be with another body member. True. Because, you know, you can't feel God that way. Sometimes you just need to be a part of with another body member. And that is the presence of God. Yes. The presence of the Jesus who is companionship. in the companionship mm -hmm. and, a, and another brother, another sister that is standing with you, that is saying, I'm in agreement with you. I'm praying with you. I'm here. 
and not always like having the solution necessarily. Yes. No, just to be with you, mm-hmm. right? To be with you in that grief, to be with you in the dark nights of the soul. Yeah. Sometimes it's more helpful than anything else. That's so powerful. So if you know anybody in the community who are going through this dark season, dark night, be with them. Encourage yeah. them and say, "Hey, man, God is doing a deeper work in your life. Don't don't look away. Don't be distracted. Don't hurry out." Don't uh, don't live into fear. Yeah, we're here with you. Yep. we know Amen. God's gonna carry you. Yeah, Amen. So begin slowly, begin humbly, and begin with God. Bless you guys.